Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Welcome, welcome to, to Baseball. baseball. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hello and welcome to Baseball Mainly. And need I say, welcome to Baseball Mainly. <laughs> and I'm here today with our co-hosts, and? Corey and Corey, the uh, bullpen coach. Yeah, oh, okay. Stewart. Oh, but I hope it's not for the Tigers. <laughs> uh, that guy's been getting a lot of work. Wow. Whoever it is, he's been getting a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How'd you like to be a bullpen catcher for the Tigers? Wouldn't your 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 hand would look like raw meat? meat just done. You'd be going through gloves every hour. I mean, those guys, <laughs> those guys can bring it, but uh-huh. they're up a lot during. The oh game. yeah. Uh-huh. Holy cow! Well, with us also today, besides Corey Sir Patrick Stewart, is Ethan, the Statman Pearlman. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hey, nice to see you. Pretty, pretty, pretty simple intro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Ethan puts together a rundown for the show every week. Mm-hmm. And when I go through it, I write extra things that you guys don't know about. I actually wrote some things on mine today, too. How about that? I want to say something. I want to I shout out to, uh, to somebody I know isn't listening. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out to Coach Backage. The Michigan coach. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> we had a brain. <laughs> you guys did. Nobody knows his name, no. right? I mean, it's unfortunate yeah. that uh, we don't uh, uh, we don't follow Wolverine baseball. We, I, we sure are starting to Didn't now. Do that. Huh? Yeah. Wow. One game deep into the final series, mm-hmm. and they beat Vandy last night. Yep. Uh, and it was convincingly. Convincingly. And, uh, you know, they got another game tonight. Um, Could be the last one. Let's see. Tuesday no, night. No, no. not not going to be the last. One. You know, you know. Do you? We will talk about this later, but it will <sighs> not be the last one. Well, uh, okay. All right. Well, let's get back to the, your rundown. This this date in baseball history in 1972, something historic happened, of uh, you know great uh, social import. Yes, uh, this day, 1972, after a five-year legal battle, Bernice Gara, or I'm assuming that's how you pronounce her name, uh, finally becomes the first women professional umpire when she works a minor league game in Geneva, New York. Um, however, during that game, Auburn manager Nolan Campbell uh, argues with her about a call during the game, at first where she signals... Terry Ford safe at second on a double play, mm-hmm. and then reverses the call to an out. Uh, after the game, the new arbitrator was brought to tears and ended up resigning between game one and game two of a doubleheader. Wow. Wait, so she was playing first base then? No, no, she, she, was no she, she was umpiring. Or she's, no, right. She, but was she was umpiring second base. Second base. She was umpiring second base. I mm. can understand an out call going to a safe call if... The umpire calls the, the runner out and then sees that the ball's been dropped, right? That happens. Yeah. It, it happens in the big leagues all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, she called the guy safe and then... Then called him out. And then decided after being argued with or just just changed her it, mind? It, it says here that she originally signaled safe and then she reverses her decision and then the argument ensued. So... Well, we could ask her about it, but unfortunately, Bernice died a few years back. Uh, it's got to be nerve-wracking, though. 
Do you think we're going to see a female major league umpire anytime soon? I hope so. Uh, what, what do you mean by anytime soon? How how far out are we talking? I don't know. Next five years. I hope so. I would have no problem there, with that. That would be perfectly fine. There yeah. are a few in uh, in paid baseball, professional baseball. Sure. But I I haven't heard of any on the horizon I, for major league baseball. That's the thing. I don't see it being that big of a deal, just because baseball. I, honestly, let women see see if women can actually play major league baseball too. I mean, honestly, it's uh, one of those things where it's. It's a sport that I think anybody can do well if you perform well. Well, you know, I I, I, I saw a study at one point. Mm-hmm. I think I heard about it on uh, 60 Minutes. And they took these headphones that were in stereo and they played two different stories, mm-hmm. one in each ear. And they played them for a, a number of men and a number of women. Mm-hmm. And when they got done, they asked them each to write down what went on in each story. The men could only tell you what happened in one of the stories. Hmm. And the women could tell you the major components of both stories. Wow. And the the upshot of all that mm-hmm. was that women are better multitaskers. They see more things than one, and men are more focused they account this to some sort of natural selection, men having been the hunters and needing to uh, I was just about to bring that up. And women Must needing to hunt deal, food. Yes. Women needing to deal with <laughs> multiple issues at a time. Sure. So wouldn't it make sense that women would be better umpires oh, way based better. on that? God, way better. I mean, one one umpire woman would be way better than Angel was it Angel Hernandez. Hernandez. Oh my gosh. Uh, not let them because they a lot they they have a, a female um, referee in NFL now right yeah. and they have a couple of female uh, referees in the NBA so why not baseball well we had a female referee here a few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, Barb Smith who yeah. uh, uh, does uh, D one college basketball mm-hmm. my sister did uh, D one football as a ref when she was attending Western Michigan University sure how about that uh, was the first uh, female D one ref for the MAC yeah. actually when she first uh, wow went on we need to get her on we do uh, unfortunately she works at a hospital every day of the week so may- maybe one week we'll be able to get her on she's got a, a pretty full schedule we we'll have sure. to go out and do a remote yeah. All right. In 1985, something happened with uh, the batting helmet. Yeah, this this is a you know very relevant story. Not so much to what it, what they're discussing in this story, but in in, in another sense, yeah. well, something we'll talk about. That's uh, a great ni- photo. But, but 1985, after a Yankee bat boy is drilled by a line drive foul ball off the bat of Bronx bomber catcher Butch. Weininger. Weininger, yeah. The team mandates that bat boys near the on-deck circle will have to wear a helmet at all times. The new rule of having bat boys wear helmets is a protective rule that all teams will soon be adopting. Hey, I've um, got a question about this uh, photo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty handsome dude a, there, uh, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who that guy is. Third um, baseline. I wish we had the technology. For, for, for first baseline. Oh, is that first? Oh, it is first. If we had the technology to draw in a beard, we might recognize this guy. (laughs) I know. You know, and what I loved about this whole situation is um, they they made 
us all start, you know, bat boys, ball boys, everyone is required to wear a protective helmet. Sure. Yet, you go down into the greater depths of Comerica Park, mm-hmm. where the bat boys have their equipment, and on the door to the room, you have plastered photos of injured bat boys and ball boys. <laughs> one, one has a, a hand that just looks completely smashed from a foul ball. It is an absolute... Um, so they're telling you to be careful. Well, the one with the giant hand smashed, um, it said underneath, like, just like, whoever that guy's name was, Epic Fail. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, like, not not even any sympathy towards that. Um, Well, you know, safety is an issue in baseball. There have been a few people hit hit by foul balls. Somebody killed at Dodger Stadium mm -hmm. last year. Yep. Uh, and Dodger Stadium just recently had another one rush to the hospital after uh, foul ball. Yep. I, you know, the Tigers, uh, despite our criticisms of the team, took, you know, took measures uh, beyond what was required mm-hmm. and, and put those screens up yeah. far down the line. Yes. That's good. And, and you know what's interesting about that whole uh, situation is when, I believe, it was, was it the White Sox or the Cubs recently announced that they will be extending their netting all the way to the foul poles. And I was seeing on social media from all different Detroit-based uh, radio stations to uh, the, like the free press mm-hmm. with a poll, should the Tigers follow suit? I'm sorry, the Tigers have already followed yeah. suit on that. Yeah. The Tigers have already had that. Yeah. How can you be a Detroit sports fan or sports writer yeah. or sports talk show and put out a tweet or a Saying Facebook post on this? Detroit, yeah. Well, go, the, go, obviously, go down being, to Comerica Park, well, not a lot of people o- are going down to o- Comerica nowadays. Open your so. eyes and see yeah. what you're saying in these comments and in these posts is not necessary because the Tigers have already yeah. set the standard for that. They really do. They really have, and I honestly believe that uh, I think all Major League Baseball parks need to within the next few years because it you are just starting to witness a lot more people, and you want more people to come down and not just adults who are you know, nobody pays attention anymore. You see more people on their phones, well, it's really you know, easy. than they do it's watching easy the to game. Get hurt. Oh, very easy. And little girl, you know, they mm-hmm. you, you want to bring your kids to the game. You want it to be safe. The balls are still going to pop up over the net, so it's a little bit more time to react instead of a line drive, you know, right to your face. So I I think about 10 years ago, there was a first base coach that got hit with a line drive Mm -hmm. in the head and killed. It wasn't in the big leagues, but I mean, it made national news. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I know that when I was uh, a, a youngster, I was probably 13, 14 years old. I was at a ball game with my dad. We were sitting by the uh, by the Tigers bullpen area, mm-hmm. which was right along the foul line. You know, they had their little uh, dugout there, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. K-Line hit a line drive down there. Mm-hmm. Got a guy right in the side of the head, and he was out cold. Wow. I mean, out cold. Yeah. They carried him out on a stretcher. Wow. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know whatever happened to that guy, but it— it made me pay attention the rest sure. of the game. Of course, for sure. of course, you'd have to. You know, whenever you're that first base or third base coach, you always got to be paying attention to you make do. sure that ball doesn't come line and drive right at you. Now, the one thing that I always watched for when uh, good old Gene Lamont was our third base coach was if there's one coming at him, is he going to be able to get out of the way? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't worry about that so much with Dave Clark. Dave. Dave Clark's Dave, got Dave, some moves. Dave, Dave Clark yeah. is moving all over the place during the game. O- Omar, well, I always loved watching Omar Vesquel uh, yeah. when he was our first base coach, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he'd be ready for him. And but he had 
such quick hands that you know mm-hmm. you could have a screamer coming at him and he'd catch it. He was a great fielder. Out of the, oh, great fielder, yeah, greatest, one of the way best out. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where he, uh, Iglesias took a lot of uh, the way he moved and the way he was a great shortstop was uh, through from, from Omar. So, well, speaking of former Tigers, Edwin Jackson in 2010. Yeah, only needing 149 pitches to accomplish this feat. He throws a (laughs) no-hitter against the current and past Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit more about the Rays in a few seconds. But um, he becomes only the second pitcher in Diamondbacks history to throw a no-hitter. I'm wearing my Diamondbacks hat today. And the previous pitcher to throw a no-hitter for the Diamondbacks, obviously the great... The big uh, unit. Big unit, Randy Johnson. And we actually have some video from this no-hitter. So oh, cool. let's take a look. Has not allowed a long ball. Certainly that's key. And an ERA of 2.97. 2.97. Unique stance as he's wide open. Those bent knees. Outside corner, that strike three. Bouncing ball, Reynolds with a dive. He snags it, shoots it on across. An all-star caliber play to get an all-star third baseman. Pulls that one. That's a fair ball. That's an out. Just go out there and have fun. High fly off the bat of Hank Blaylock, the veteran so many years in Texas. Instead, he gets a wave at a slider in the dirt, New York. Beat him up. Fastball popped up. Calling for it. The second baseman Abreu. George Hendrick in the first base coach's box. Another good baseball name. Had him out front. He threw him that changeup. Upton with a huge arm. We know that. Facing B.J. Upton. Bouncing ball. Reynolds coming home with it from his knees. What a play by Mark Reynolds. This time pulls the string. Oh, he did it. Edwin Jackson, Houdini-esque oh in this ballpark. Faster right now than he was <laughs> earlier. My goodness. 26-year-old right-hander. Began his career with the Dodgers. Was a Ray 06, 07, and 08. Middle of the diamond. Abreu off balance. Sidearm throw. Look at LaRoche. Got him. He's pitching aggressive. The other way, Jay So coming on in. The left fielder, Para, makes the play for the out. To learn, this game is all about adjustments up here. Every day there's a new challenge up there with a the pitcher or offensively, defensively, and everything. Well, you know you have a good slider when you can get a swing at one that is nowhere near the plate against a good, solid hitter. Two outs, and now he's locked in, as we've talked about. Right back to the mound. The big shift was on. It didn't matter. One, two, three. Seven innings. No hits. Seven walks. That one is a ground ball. It's gobbled up by a Brady. Bouncing ball. LaRoche will take it to the bag. Blaylock 0 for 3 in this game. Upton moves up to third base. The 1 2. He does. Hot shot right to Reynolds. The 2 1 pitch. Fastball buried it in, in the kitchen. In on his hands, couldn't do anything with it. The 3 2. High fly ball, well struck left center field. But Chris Young's got to beat through seven innings. It out and struck out. Off the end of the bat, popped it up. 
Justin Upton an easy chance and Joyce and Edwin Jackson runner goes to three one high pop up towards that roof. He'll have to hustle back and get back Justin Upton sticks with it and makes the play for the second out here in the eighth inning. Pitches high runner goes throw down. Got him. The 0 2 pitch from Jackson fastball got him looking. The 2 2 out front popped it up. Easy chance for Para. One out away. The 0 2 pitch. Fastball, ground ball, middle of the diamond. Steven Drew Fields fires. He did it! Edwin Jackson yes. just threw the second no hitter in Diamondbacks history. And so, you know, couldn't do it with the is. Tigers, but. Well, 149 <laughs> pitches in the end, bases loaded at well, most he, points in that game. Come on, that's not a no hitter. Well, it is a no, no hitter, but it's not a no hitter. What do you walk? Eight guys and hit a guy. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Ed, Edwin Jackson, I thought was a great pitcher when he was here, but he's been everywhere, hasn't he? That, that yeah. guy was. That guy must have played with ten different teams. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. He's uh, now been with fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> major, major league record. Fourteen different teams. He's reached. Wow. 14 teams he's reached the big leagues with. Why do you think that is? Needed a change of scenery every few years. Do you, do you think <laughs> he was a guy that management just didn't like having around? Or, uh, you know, I think that, it, I think it was just more so that he just there wasn't enough return on him to keep him around for long terms, and he just but he was good enough to come in and. And and pitch for your team, but then it's like, well, we kind of need to move on from you, Edwin. Well, they want to, <laughs> you know. It's maybe it's like today. Well, at least today, you have guys that are you rent for a year, right? Yeah. When you're in the hunt, but um, I always thought he had good stuff. He had a great fastball. Mm -hmm. Oh well, that was interesting. It was I, I could watch I could watch video of baseball all day of interesting plays. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, no hitter. There were some great plays made in that game. Yeah. And then the names that are with teams that you didn't realize they even played for those teams nine years ago. Mm -hmm. right? Well, and a lot of those guys now are no longer even playing baseball. So right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. LaRoche. Uh, yeah, you have a very short a short window. You, you do. Know, if you come up and you make it to the bigs, let's say you're 23, mm -hmm. and you're done at 33. Mm-hmm. You got ten or eleven seasons if you're a good player. If, if you're a you're, good player, if you're a guy who's marginal, you mm -hmm. may only get a couple years. And you, it's uh, and if you're a pitcher, yeah. Or if you're you a guy, one pitch you throw blows out your arm, you may be done. Done. Or you could be one of those guys that it seems like uh, you have no end of your career in sight. I mean, we, if we really think about <laughs> it, there are there are guys right now who are getting up there in age that have shown very little signs of slowing down sure. and could realistically play the game into their mid-40s like Nolan yeah. Ryan did. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of old age, <laughs> boy, the Tigers look elderly, don't they? Oh, they need help. They look either really elderly <laughs> or really young. They they're, really they're, need they're some the help. They're the young team that has no energy. Well, you know, these yeah, are not. Well, I think they have young, energy. Young, I think they're just. Team. I think they're just exerting their energy out into other spaces, like and not on, like on playing, the field. Playing Guitar Hero or something, something like that. Something like that. Good I lord! I feel like what we have here are mainly placeholders. Sure. Guys to just 
uh, fulfill the the uh, franchise's obligation to play 162 games. Mm-hmm. Wait, but, hold on. Who right now is? Con- are you considering a placeholder? Uh, Jacoby Jones. Um, uh, what's the guy? Uh, Lugo. Um, uh, the what's? Oh shoot, he's played a lot of second base for us lately. He's actually hit okay. Tom Gordon uh, Beckham. Uh, Beckham. Uh, you've got the two guys we got from uh, um, Pittsburgh, Mercer and uh, Mercer yeah, and Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, but uh, you've got they've been, uh, they've been injured. I'm not considering them. You've this. got Grayson Griner, who they who is not going to be the catcher of the future, Mm-mm. unless suddenly catches lightning in a bottle and learns to yeah. hit. Well, Al Avila said it. He said everybody is up for grabs if the price is right, mm-hmm. except for. Um, uh, Casey Mize, and, we've and seen, that's fine. I'm we've okay with that. Get we've rid seen of some the pitching, a la Ryan Carpenter, who got lit up at yeah. AAA the other night. I mean, lit yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, worse than in the big leagues here. Turnbull, uh, he's not a placeholder. Or he's a placeholder. He's going. Uh, he, I, I think. I think Turnbull's going to be a serviceable pitcher. I do. For how long? Uh, it depends on how long the arm holds up. You know, that's the big question with pitchers. Is that the risk you want to take, though, with somebody? This guy, this guy, he's he could be part of the future. Could be. I like him. Yeah. Uh, but we don't. We, now we don't know about Fulmer. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. Who God. knows? Who knows yeah. about that? We brought two placeholders in to mm-hmm. uh, to pitch more and Shane uh, Green. As soon as and Ross, as soon as the team calls and Shane Green's yeah, out, I think Green is gone. Mm-hmm. I think Matt Boyd's going to be gone. Boyd may be may be gone. Castellanos is definitely gone. Uh, yeah, if we can find something and, for him. Uh, Good they Lord. probably would trade Dixon, uh, who has been one of the better, one, been one of the bright spots. I honestly, think, I, I honestly thought that if Cabrera stayed healthy this year and showed that he could get back to form, some team could might might have itched at thinking about picking. I, I, when I forgot I, to mention the guy we mention every every show. Ronnie Rodriguez who's is been, just who's been finally riding the bench and just I a placeholder. Absolutely <laughs> thrilled. Um, but no, with uh, Cabrera though, I the year we ch- were originally going to trade away Verlander and the Tigers never did. But they had talked about trading Verlander. They mm-hmm. talked about trading Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever came of that. Right. Um, was that the year that we still had JD also? Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, I think okay. that was the year we traded JD. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we didn't trade anyone else. So no, no. Like, um, but I was all for trading Cabrera and JV. The only issue yeah, is yeah, the sure, Tigers sure. signed them to really outrageous sure. deals, money-wise, that no team wanted to right. take on those deals. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I love, it was a Dombrowski deal. Yeah. I love Miguel Cabrera for what he's done here. Um, he has played really well until this last couple of years with injuries. Yeah, that's the... But that's, you're right, yeah. the length of the contract is hurting us now. Mm-hmm. Hurting us I, I wouldn't even say it's the length, it's the amount of money. Well, yeah, but if the money had been paid earlier and had yeah. been a shorter contract, yeah. it would have been... It, we'd have well, all been better or off. If, or if the Tigers had not backloaded the contract. Yeah. If they front-loaded it, you could... You could have been rid of him a year ago. Well, that's why I kind but, of think. Well, I don't. I don't you, necessarily you, you want to be rid of him. No, this right. Side. Sure. He is the best hitter on the team right now. And honestly, if you think about it, he's you go the, by batting. He, he is the face of Detroit right now. You can't. I can't think of any other in any of the sports that we have. In four, we have a. We are we, a four we, sports we do, team. We do have a four sport city. City. Yeah. Um, there are name one. There are guys <laughs> that could possibly, depending on where you're where you're at. 
in Michigan, they'll tell you somebody else is the face of Detroit sports. And that Are could we, be Blake Griffin. Mm, no, we got the, him off. What sport does he play? Back in the back. <laughs> he, he, does but, anybody go to those games? No. I went to you a, know, You know, no, the funny thing no. is that you can get a good crowd at some of those games, but it looks like shit on TV yeah. because nobody's in the stands watching. Yeah. They're doing other stuff inside the stadium. The yep. stadium is a very well-built stadium mm, and everything. It's beautiful. But it's not built for people to sit in their seats. No. And to Especially watch if you get game. really high up, man. Oh, I get vertigo. Yeah, no, it Good was terrible. Lord. I went down as a part of an uh, an organization, and there were three ticket options. There was the cheapest option, which was supposed to be like the nosebleeds. The nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. Then there was a second option, which was supposed to be like the middle ground, and then there was obviously the most expensive option, in which you got uh, you're right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I decide I'm going to splurge and I'm going to buy the second. Option. Oh, look at you, fancy pants. The second option <laughs> was four freaking rows from the end of the stadium. Wow. So I said, where was option one? Out in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> well, back to, wait, just real quick, before we go back to, I want to uh, touch on your point with Miguel Cabrera and the money situation, because I think St. Louis did it the best, and the way that they handled Albert Pujols was they didn't extend his contract and give him big max money, and they said no, 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 you're free to go wherever you want to go, and he decided to sign with the Angels, which gave him a good contract, and he's still playing well. But then he comes back to St. Louis last week mm-hmm. or over last weekend, yeah, and they're still and, loving him, and they're loving him, they're loving him well, because they did it the right Cabrero, way. We'd you love re- him here too. Do you think so? Oh yeah. Do you? Oh, we should. Yeah. Well, the he never won, has, a, never won a World guy, Series here. It, it's not his fault. Nope, not his fault. But he never won a World he, Series. You here. know what? We had lo- some off-field issues. We love Justin issues. Verlander, but he gave up some bombs, didn't he? Justin Verlander's questionable in my book. <laughs> I've never actually really liked Justin. I Verlander. think Justin Verlander is the real deal as a pitcher. I think he is. I but, just never understood understood the, the years game, that he was here. He could. He was streaky. In the big in, game in the big here, game, he wasn't that against no, San no, no, Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's, yeah, he you know, he started bigger. against San Francisco, and oh, man, they were booming. You know, I, I don't care what he did, what he did game one through six of any series. Every time he was put up on a game seven or a game five, depending on how long clutch. each series was, nobody could hit the dude. No, he was clutch. And he can turn he, it up in he, the seventh he was, inning. I get it. No, was, I do. I just never really was a big Justin. Here is a fastball. Try and hit it. Yeah. You won't hit it. I was never a big Justin Verlander. Well, we I was gonna, more of a Max Scherzer fan. Um, <laughs> no. I'll tell you what. No. I'll Max what, Scherzer got, is a. Wait, uh, we can't, a we can't even go there right now. He's a good picture. He's a good pitcher. I think Max the, Scherzer, the, the person behind the pitcher, I cannot get on board with. Max Scherzer had three different colored eyes last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and he's still pitching. And he pitched well. And yeah, he, but he's he, a great pitcher. You know, you go to the National League and you're a pitcher. You better learn how to bunt the ball. Well, correctly. did you see the video of him? Yeah, yes. he was messing Come around. Come on, dude! <laughs> like you're not wearing a batting helmet. I know it's just this, but the it, guy's still it, gonna pitch it, to it, you. It wouldn't the helmet wouldn't have helped. He just had the bat up here. He had the bat up here. The, the no helmet, wonder he went the off. The helmet face. would not have helped. And the fact that he starts with the bat up here and all he does is he goes like this. This and he just. What do you think is gonna happen nine times out of he ten if the ball colored. hits that exact he had same three different spot. colored eyes? I would bet he won't be taking any. 
bunting practice in the near future. No, but he can hit though. That's the weird thing. Well, uh, we've talked enough about the Tigers' performance because it's pathetic. They pathetic. got swept again by it's a good word, yes, by Cleveland. Yeah, mm-hmm. two times in one week. But something interesting happened this week. Manny Machado went off on an umpire. Imagine, the shocking it was. But this time, the umpires' union mm-hmm. made a statement. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. And, you know, the umpire union may have made that statement, and it may not have been the best decision. Why? Um, well, MOB kind of, the, the umpires were upset that all Machado received was a one-game suspension. Mm-hmm. But in their statement to Major League Baseball about this incident and only Machado only receiving one a one-game suspension in which he appealed, and I don't know if that appeal has gone through yet or not. Sure. So he's been playing in the meantime. Uh, they they state that Manny Machado made violent acts towards the umpire and the he officials. Said he, he said he struck him. He, it did say he struck him. And w- when you look at the video, mm-hmm. when you look at the video and you see the, the, the strike, or what they're calling a strike, mm-hmm. it is... A, my belly touched your hand. Oh, my God. Can we overreact over the most simple things? Yeah. And I, I got I got a real issue with the umpire association blowing this as of, far as they did. A little bit out of proportion. Now, yes, he did chuck his bat back at the backstop, but there was nobody back there. Um, yes, he got into the umpire's face, and he was... Obviously, gesturing to him in a very particular tone that says you got this wrong, and we can we can debate if they got this wrong or not. I thought they got the call wrong, but for the umpire association to say that he made violent acts and yeah. struck an umpire, yeah, oh my god, it should be he punched out the umpire. Like I understand making a big issue of that, like when we had the malice at the palace. That oh, was, oh that, gosh. That, that was absolute chaos, and that was started by players and fans. Yeah. And the officials yeah. did get beat up Meta in that. world peace. But, um, <laughs> but Manny, Manny Machado is a hothead. There is no doubt about that. Sure. But he can't—as as the umpire association, you cannot come out and say that he made violent acts and struck an umpire when it was a— I can just be right in front of you, and I could be arguing let's, with you, and I could be gesturing, and I could actually accidentally just smack you. Yeah. Let's ask the foremost baseball authority I know. Okay. Scott Green is on the phone with us. Scott, what do you think about Machado and the umpires last week? Um, I actually didn't see the incident, but I hate all umpires. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this this I, wasn't... I can't, I, you know, I take that back, because one of my favorite people of all time is Perry Barber. She's a... Uh, uh, one of the first women umpire, and she does a lot of our events. So, Perry, if you're listening, I love you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the actual event, but it, it, so much gets overblown. It does. And, uh, you want to see something that's overblown, it's one of the greatest videos ever, is watching uh, Earl Weaver go at it with Bill Haller. Just, punch, oh, just yeah. go to YouTube right now, Earl Weaver <laughs> argument. He goes at him seven times, and Bill Haller's finger barely touches Earl Weaver, and he goes ballistic over it. So it's pretty, you know, listen, it's, you're in the heat of the moment, and if you're having a bad day and you're getting called out on strikes, I didn't, again, I didn't see the incident, but if you're getting called out on strikes, uh, you know, it's not a great place to be for, for either guy. So, mm-hmm. But you, 
you got to control yourself. But I'm not going to lie to you. I think umpires do a lot to bait players also. Yes. I really oh, yeah. do. I think they, they want to be part of the game, the bad ones. You know, the uh, I'm not going to mention names, but there's a couple. I mean, one was on national TV two nights ago. He's horrible. I mean, you know, how he keeps his job, Angel Hernandez, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first name that came to mind, and it comes to mind for most real baseball fans of how He's horrible. How and bad. Joe West is horrible, too. Okay, I'm sorry. There it yeah. is. I mean, that's... And there's there's one more guy, C.B. Buckner. I'll I'll take those three guys, get rid of them, and baseball will be better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it says how they, I mean, you're not going to see Angel Hernandez. He's bitching to Mono. I'll go by and work the playoffs. There's a reason. You stink. Yeah, it's true. You know, and he's he's suing baseball or whatever for uh, uh, racial, uh, you know, inequality and not getting getting higher. It's just, it's silly. It's just absolutely silly. But, uh, hey, being an umpire is not a, I've done it. Okay, and I love it because I'm big and well. And the, the little league guys—they're probably not going to mess with you. No, they don't. I beat his father up in a parking lot right afterwards. But anyway, hey um, Scott, you—you uh, know—I put something out on uh, Facebook this week about uh, the fantasy camp tournament you have coming up in uh, in Iowa at the Field of Dreams. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna run a little video of the Field of Dreams right now. Would you like to play some baseball? Do you still dream of playing on a major league field, experiencing the magic of places like Field of Dreams? For 15 years, Play at the Plate has been making dreams come true. Play at the Plate offers you the chance to play ball. Join us for a lifetime experience. Go to playattheplate.org or call Scott Green at 631-255-4475. That's 631-255-4475. So if any of my uh, Detroit uh, Tiger Fantasy Camp uh, buddies are out there and you want to put together a team to go to uh, Iowa and play at the Field of Dreams against other Fantasy Camp teams. You'll be uh, playing against the Rockies, Indians, and the Reds. We're hoping to get a fourth team. The Mets are on the fence. I really need a fourth team, all you guys in Detroit. I know how many campers there are. I know you boys. (laughs) Let's go. All right. Well, I'm going to... I'll keep putting the word out, Scott. Uh, and, uh, you know, these guys, there's some pretty good players here. So they uh, yes. can have a great it's, time. It's, yeah, fantasy camp baseball has gotten better over the years. It's become more competitive within each camp. Um, and these, I tell you, the three teams I know that are common, it'll be good baseball, real good baseball. So uh, if anybody's out there and they want to join in, if you're just wanting the Field of Dreams experience, come the next week. Uh, if you haven't got a team, we'd love to see you the next week for our just annual Field of Dreams tournament. You can bring your son and or daughter to that. Um, we'd love to see you. But we've got some other news. I don't know if you got my text message, Jess. No. I'm going to make it a baseball mainly exclusive announcement. <gasps> cool. Play at the Plate has reached agreement with the Texas Rangers to have a two-day event at Globe Life Park this September 20th and 21st. You'll play four games over the two days, have a locker in the visitor's clubhouse, laundry service, lunch both days, a camp get-together probably somewhere in a suite upstairs. You'll be on a major league field, which literally you'll be playing one of the last games ever at the ballpark at Arlington. 
on those two days. Wow, that is breaking news. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, so you would fly into Dallas? Is that where that is? Fly into Dallas on uh, Thursday night. The games are Friday and Saturday. They've got an event already for Sunday, so we can't get on. Um, You'll come into the clubhouse. Your name will be on a locker. You'll store your stuff for the two days, and you'll be on the field over the course of the two days. For over 10 hours, the batting tunnels will be open. The bullpens will have free range of the place. They jumped at the idea of hosting us. They've made it affordable. There is a caveat to it because it is a late summer. And I mean, it is an announcement with only 13 weeks to go, which it isn't a good time because most leagues back home, the guys play in their local leagues, they are over. And the national events in Phoenix and Florida haven't started yet. So there is a window for the players. Um, but they're giving me literally two weeks to sell this and uh, without any penalty to me, there's no deposit. So they've been absolutely fabulous to deal with. And there might be some other stories about the Texas Rangers and Scott Green down the road. <laughs> but they are dying to have us. We get a chance to play on a beautiful field, you know, similar to the ones we've played at in years past. And have a great major league experience. Well, Scott, if take 60 guys, wow. four teams of 15, you'll get at least 15 to 20 at bats. Over the course of the two days, you'll be able to experience something. And then on Sunday, if you are a football fan, the Dallas Cowboys are home against the Dolphins. Oh, wow. <laughs> football game at the end of the, the weekend and fly back home on Monday. So it's a big weekend. Very, very happy. Literally just a couple of conversations with some people in Texas. They jumped at the idea of having us. And uh, I was looking to scale things down, actually, <laughs> and start winding some things down and not getting involved in uh, – really speculative new projects but uh, when a major league park is available and uh, they've made it available to us there's absolutely no reason why i shouldn't give this to our clients and right a little while our trusty secretary and great friend liz grew will be putting together the massive email we'll be sending it out tonight yeah and so, she's uh, she's kind yeah, of a neighbor here exciting. and uh, the price tag is 8.95 Oh, that's, okay. a, that's, that a, is, that's a deal. Yeah, yeah that it is. is a great deal. It's a great Listen, deal. We only, we only look to make 150 to 200 bucks a head, no matter what Major League Park we have a, uh, went to, including Fenway. And, and if I can make that and to get uh, 50 or 60 guys there, um, I'm happy. It's worth my effort. It's worth my time to, to make that appreciable amount of money. And, Scott, and, uh, I, I can yeah, attest. It's, it's to, to play on a Major League field, there is just something very, 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 very special. Mm-hmm. I can attest to the way you're treated at these events because I've just enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the people I've played with. And uh, uh, you really, you know, I know you, you'll try to play on a team, but you never have time. You're running around making sure everybody's taken care of, I'll everybody's sure, happy. I'll make sure I'm on a team at this event. Well, if, you, <laughs> if, if, I can, if I can find a way to come, I want to be on your team. Cool. Okay. I, I, I think baseball mainly should make it an ob, uh, not an obligation, but a, a true attempt to try and make it down as a group to one of these uh, upcoming events. Yeah, yeah that'd definitely. be great. Mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you great. now. I mean, I'm not gonna. I won't mince words. I don't think major league parks are there anymore for us to go on to, into. And I think the situation with them being that it's not going to be there anymore made this attractive to them. That here's a nice chance for them to make an appreciable amount of money mm-hmm. which I think they're going to be giving to a lot of it to their charity which I suggested which I think is fabulous um, so if you want the major league experience 
this may be it. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I can always guess Fenway and probably Wrigley, but you're going to pay twice the amount I'm asking here. Yeah. yeah. I have to make sure it's sold out. And let's face it, we went to Fenway twice, and guys are spoiled. They don't want to do it again. Would, but would we get to meet Nolan Ryan? Experience at a major league <laughs> park, this is it. This could be it. Scott, and certainly for this park, this is it. Scott, would we get to meet Nolan Ryan? Um, I'll see. I'll <laughs> <laughs> you, know, so, you know, get Michael Young, Nolan Ryan, Juan Gonzalez, whoever you need, Jesse. Sure. Whatever it takes to get you to the event, you let me know. Uh, okay. my, my son actually has a young jersey. And really? it's it's cool, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, he was a great player. Uh, and, we were... and it's a, you know, they're getting a new park, and this park is only 25 years old, but they didn't have the foresight to put a roof on it. And it costs more to put the roof on the park than it does to build a new park, and that's why mm-hmm. they're getting it. So they're not tearing the facility down, but literally after the season ends, the next day, they're going to get a. They have two contracts coming in. I know one of them's Billy Joel, and then somebody else, a country, a big country star. And then after that, they're going to start reforming the ballpark and the uh, actual playing surface to rugby slash football. Wow! And, uh, so this is it. I mean, you're going to be mm-hmm. playing one of the last ten games ever at that ballpark. And that's I awesome. Think that's pretty exciting. That's well, if awesome. Any, if anybody wants more information, it's playattheplate.org. You can go there. You can check it out. I'm sure you'll have plenty of information on the website about it, Scott, and how to how to get signed up and uh, uh, make it happen. Oh, we hope uh, to see a lot of guys there. I mean, I, th- I think it's going to do very well. We put a little sniff out, you know, I'm not, you know, on a Facebook, and the reply was very good. And I've done some personal text messaging to our upper echelon customers, and the, the response has been very favorable. So I think it's going to do well. And to be able to, you know, listen, it's quite a privilege to be able to do this. I mean, it's, yeah, sure. it's a nice bit of entrepreneurship on my end and, you know, picking up the phone and selling it. But to be able to play on a major league facility in season, uh, that doesn't happen very often. And uh, we have the opportunity to do it, so I'm looking very forward to it. Well, uh, Ethan, what's going on next? Oh, well, what's going on next? We got to talk about a little bit about David Ortiz. Give a brief update Anything on new? him. Uh, all that was kind of stated was he is his health is improving, um, and the 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 story behind the uh, attack? A, a, attack was he, he, it was mistaken identity. Apparently, hmm. the guy that was originally supposed to get whacked, I guess is the way to put it. I don't know. Yeah, we're from uh, Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was not David Ortiz, <laughs> but unfortunately, wrong place, wrong time. He was put in a very unfortunate situation, but it sounds as though he is improving health-wise and all that. And then, of course, tonight is game two of the College World Series between uh, Michigan and Vanderbilt. Michigan, of course, won last night. Of seven, course. Seven to four. And then uh, tonight, Go blue. Mi- Michigan has a chance to win it, or Vanderbilt has a chance to force a game three. I know you both are hardly hard rooting for Michigan. I have to I, right now. They're I, playing lights I, I, out. I, tr- I truly believe there will be a game three in this series. Um, and as I've already told both of you, to me it will all be who wins game three would be dependent on how Michigan comes to the ballpark. Wednesday mm-hmm. and can perform if they look de- if they look defeated after Kumar Rocker in my opinion is going to dominate them 
then I don't see them winning game three. But if they can come back with a renewed fire, I think it could be anyone's game. Scott, um, who do you got? I like Michigan. Yeah. They're playing, they're playing good baseball right now. Like, yeah, really I good like baseball. Them, and uh, I think they'll win tonight. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go blue. Okay. Go, go blue. blue. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I hear that, uh, you know, Scott mentioned uh, Liz, uh, who does uh, work for uh, Play at the Plate. And Liz lives in Windsor. She okay. doesn't, doesn't live too far from here. Yeah, she's just south of here. And. Uh, by the way, Windsor, south of here. There's a little geography for you, Ethan. <laughs> good, good to know. I was trying to figure that out for a second. And it's yeah, he looked at. South, it's the only city south of the uh, south on the on the border. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, having said that, I there might be a new team in Canada, a new baseball well, team coming mm, from sunny Florida. Well, you Same know, you team. know, it's, it's it's not really a new team. It's a team that is looking to bring bring baseball back to Montreal. But also, yeah, let's go from one. But, uh, but, uh, but also, st- stay where they're at now, and that's the Tampa Bay Rays. We we can debate if you know if they go if they end up going through with this, what the name of the team should be. But right right now, the Tampa Bay Rays have received permission from Major League Baseball to start a- exploring the possibility of playing half their home games in Montreal and half their home games in Saint Petersburg, Florida. Well, I think I. Take the Call early the X-rays. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I love it. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. Because uh, yeah. oh. in Montreal they yeah, were the, the Expos. Expos, right? That's awesome. I, I have to tell you a story. A you real go ahead. Quick one. Uh, the first job I ever had was selling peanuts at Municipal Stadium in West Palm Beach, where my stepfather was the head of the concession stand, and it was 1969, and we were at the ballpark, and. They, the park was so small, they only had one clubhouse, which was for the Atlanta Braves, and the Expos were training there. And they were literally in these two trailers. And they stepped out, they walked out, we looked at them, wearing these powder blue uniforms with <laughs> funny numbers and red, white, and blue hats. We were laughing hysterically at these guys. But I, re- I so distinctly remember Gene Mark coming out with Coco LeBoy and Larry Jaster and Rusty Staub and... Boots Day and Bob Bailey and and Bobby Wine. I mean, they had a collection of veterans who couldn't play for the teams they came from. But uh, it was a memory I will never, ever forget, seeing the the Montreal Expos come out for the very first ever game. Yeah, and they called... Unbelievable uniforms. They called Staub Le Grand Orange, right? Yes, they did. He was a hell of a player. Yeah. Well, I'm old enough to remember Rusty Staub. He was a very good player. (laughs) He had a couple of great years in Detroit. Yeah, he did. And he ran just slightly faster... Than you. Than, yeah, just, just slightly. Yeah, he was he was a slow guy, but he didn't have to run fast. He hit it far enough. Yep, he was a hell of a hitter. Yeah, very good hitter and uh, a gourmet chef. I think didn't he own a he restaurant? He had a great restaurant on Seventy Third and Third called Rusty's. It had the best spare ribs you could get in the city, and it was a magnet for the visiting club. And I remember going to opening day, being a Cardinals fan in '85, and uh, watching Gary Carter in his first game for the Mets hit a hanging curveball off Neil Allen into the bullpen in the 10th inning. And then we all went into uh, Rusty's for dinner, and the place was packed, and I sat next to uh, who I became friends with uh, later on. Uh, Tito Landrum, Tom Nieto, and Art Howe were sitting at a table next to us, and uh, all the visiting teams that always came in to, to hang out at Rusty's place. That's and cool. he had a, I met him a couple times down in Florida. He was genuinely uh, 
very kind and uh, giving and a uh, fair person. And uh, I was very sad to hear of his yeah. passing last Yeah. Year. Well, he had a good reputation when he was here in Detroit. People really liked him. Hey, Scott, we're going to let you go, but thank you for joining us today. We're going to we're going to look at your website, playattheplate.org, about going to Texas. And I uh, want to keep our fantasy camp friends uh, mindful that, uh, hey, put together a team and go play at uh, the Field of Dreams in Iowa. Thanks, Scott. Cool. Thank Catch you, you next week. Be Thanks, Scott. Bye-bye. So we, we've got a few more things to get through. Uh, of course, we were just getting off the phone with Scott Green from Play at the Plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we got to talk, A, about I, I want to talk just briefly a little bit more about your thought on Tampa Bay receiving permission to go and explore this possibility of playing in Montreal. Well, this Are you for or against playing half your home games in one city and half your home games in another city? I would understand that if you're going from a cold place to a warm place, but you're going from a warm place to a cold place, so... Hmm. If if Montreal will build a dome stadium, sure. I think it I think it's a done deal. Okay. The um, in in Tampa they do not draw well. There it is a kind of a transient population. Mm-hmm. The people that uh, live in Tampa in the area there's a large amount of that population that just lives there in the winter. Yeah, and you My can't blame uncle actually yeah. just moved from San Diego well, to California. Uh, so. And and they they don't support the wait, team wait, there. Hold on, Corey. What did you just? Sorry, say? from Tampa to California. Okay, <laughs> did I say San Diego to California? You said from San Diego to California. California. You know, like, California, Michigan. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's north of here. But no, um, I I would understand this move a little bit better if they were moving. Moving from one place in the U.S. to another place in the U.S., I I do not mind this idea, but like yeah, you don't draw well in Tampa. Why not play half your season in Tampa and half your season in Las Vegas? Las Vegas wants a baseball team. Why not uh, start with doing a team half in Vegas I, part of the year and half in? I would bet Tampa Las Bay. Vegas will be an expansion city. Yeah, I just don't see Major League expanding. In, the, in these next few years, and this is a real possibility to happen in the next year. Yeah, Montreal wants a team, mm-hmm. and they had a team, and they didn't have a great stadium for it. Yeah, if they yeah. can, if they can raise the money to build a stadium that will accommodate Major League Baseball, yeah, that team's going to that's going to Montreal. Sure, and Tampa won't have a have a Major League team. They will have the Yankees in spring training, mm-hmm. and that's life. Yeah. So we, we talked earlier in the show about, you know, the, the Tigers and the placeholders and the Tigers, you know, absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I hear so, they're bringing Riley so, Green up next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so doing well. We're not talking about Riley Green, though, today. We're talking about Tariq Skubal, a pitcher who is currently with uh, Lake not Lake Erie, Lakeland, uh, flying Tigers down there in Lakeland, Florida. That's uh, high A ball. Yeah, high A ball. Twenty-two years old uh, was a 29th round selection in the 2017 draft by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I believe he also came over in the uh, in the uh, you know the good old JD Martinez trade. Oh, okay. Um, he's the number 17th prospect, number 17 prospect in the Tigers organization, according to MajorLeagueBaseball.com. And this year he has started 12 games. He's appeared in 12 games. He has a 3-4 and four record, 61 and a third innings pitched with a 3.08 ERA and a 
1.01 whip with a 72 to 16 strikeout to walk ratio. That is pretty good. Oh, he's, he, he's looking good. He's, also, sure, sure, he's sure. also a lefty. You okay. know, we don't have very many of those that are highly rated in our prospect pool right now that are lefties. He's yep. definitely um, having success. Yep. And last year, when he was over in Detroit, uh, he advanced through three different systems. Uh, it was in rookie ball, in low A, and in uh, West Michigan, which is middle A, is like I like to call it, because it's not low, it's not high, it's middle. Sure. Uh, he had a 3-0 and record with two saves, uh, only 22 and a third innings pitched, but he had an ERA below one. He had an ER, he had a whip below one, and he had struck out 33 and only walked four in 22 and a third innings. Holy mackerel! Yeah. Yeah. Well, and each level gets a little tougher. Sure, yeah, but, but man, but, but to have 11 more strikeouts than innings pitched, then you know that's always that's always a good that's yeah. always a good stat. Yeah. I'm always looking at that. Woo! And we we've got a few minutes left in the in the broadcast, and I would love now to go back to the north as we are going to be talking about um food 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 and it is from the <laughs> toronto blue jays good old rogers center a little fun fact if you don't know about rogers center is there is a hotel that backs up into yep. rogers center so you don't even need to buy a ticket to the game just, what? just buy a hotel room that looks out directly into the stadium. What? And you don't need to buy a ticket. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, you could just be sitting on your balcony in your hotel room and watching a Major League Baseball game. Or you could forget to close the blinds and everybody can watch <laughs> you. <laughs> that, that is very true. Oh. Good one, Jess. Good one. <laughs> so, we, have, we got three items today, but uh, the first two items we're going to talk about are actually like almost build your own type of items and okay. the first one is called the 416 the 416 is a stand that allows you to pick between six savory options to enjoy on either a hot dog or on top of fries now we're going to talk briefly about three different ones uh the one currently you're seeing a photo of is the bloor street fries which are which are buttered chicken chili lime sour cream Indian vegetable trio and freshly chopped parsley. Oh my goodness! Now the other two we'll talk about real quickly. The financial district, which sounded great to me, is pulled pork, smoked sausage, mm-hmm. sautéed peppers and onion, and gravy. Mm-hmm. And the last one we're gonna briefly talk about is the entertainment district, which is the chorizo bolo, habanero cheese gravy, <clears throat> cheese curds, and pico de gallo. Yeah, because it needed some garnishment. Sure. Of course. That looked pretty. Of course. So, I don't know about you guys. I would definitely have that as probably a fry. I don't know that I would want all that on a hot dog, but I would definitely. Yeah, it gets messy. I would definitely take that on some fries. Sure. Um, So, then our second option Mm -hmm. is Streetcar Tacos, another stand in good old Rogers Center. And it's a Mexican-inspired dish. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and it is offered as a trio of chipotle ground beef or adobo chicken tacos, both served on a bed of creamy slaw, and with the option to customize with more additional toppings. That looks pretty good. Yeah, I'd eat now, that. Now, now, would you? Now, yeah, with the chicken, sure. Okay, Corey, Jess, are both of you guys soft taco shell or hard taco shell? Depends on the day. 
Yeah. Well, so with something like this, though, at the ballpark, would you want a hard Probably or a soft, soft because it, you can yeah. fold it a little bit more yeah. and you're not making yeah, a, a crunchy okay. mess. I'm flexible, but yeah, if it's going to yeah. be messy, you need the soft one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our last item of today is the churro dessert oh boy. poutine, oh boy. which is obviously churros <laughs> uh, served with vanilla ice cream and caramel sauce. So this is only poutine because it's in Toronto, because this isn't true poutine. No, right. right. It's supposed to, I think it's a d dessert <laughs> that poutine. Is, that is an absolutely... And I had to look, I had to go on uh, I had to, had to go on the internet to find out what poutine really is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it doesn't sound like anything good but it you know it, it's french fries and saw gravy, gravy. And, yep. and cheese it's it sounds really so good So that's good. why this is dessert poutine Dessert yeah. poutine yeah ice cream and caramel and churro oh, Sounds here. really good mm. Hey I I want to talk about something next week Yep we got we got a big thing happening next week. Next so week we have a very special guest uh, coming on that was uh, we they came to us through Major League Baseball, and uh, we want you to tune in and check this out. It is a uh, it's a young lady from our area who got to go to a Major League Baseball camp. Oh, nice for female baseball players. Yep, the girls baseball breakthrough series. I'll have Isabella Hubbard in, and we are very, very, very much looking forward to interviewing her and talking with her about the many people she met at the event. So that is happening next week. Uh, obviously, that is July 2nd. We will probably also, you know, feel patriotic that day because July 4th is two days yep. later. Well, mm -hmm. uh, we'll have to wear our red, white, and blue next week. Yep. And I'll be eating hot dogs on the show. All right. It was a great, great show. I really enjoyed it. Boy, mm -hmm. that went by in a hurry. It sure did. Well, for Corey the Sir Patrick Stewart and Ethan the Statman Perlman, this is Jess Monticello saying, let's play two.